All right. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to, you know, where you're, wherever you're watching from, welcome back. Welcome back to my YouTube channel, Upload Past Crossroads. Welcome back to Justin Lee's Howells YouTube channel, Chaplain Logs. If you're watching from any of my social media pages, welcome from wherever you're tuning in from. I mean, I got so many of them. So I know I'm streaming from my Facebook page, Sean Christopher Jenkins, also my LinkedIn page. Uh, I'm streaming from my Twitter page, at Trouble Don't Last. Um, and then also, uh, I'm streaming from my YouTube channel, Upload Past, Upload Past Crossroads. I'm also on uh, Apple Podcasts, Anchor, and everything like that, any podcast platform that you listen to podcasts on. And then also, like I said, we're streaming live on uh, Justin's YouTube channel, Chaplain Log. So make sure to subscribe to our YouTube channels, like our videos, turn on the post notifications, uh, share our videos. Because if you don't like, if you don't share, if you don't comment, uh, YouTube won't be kind to us. The algorithm won't be kind to us. So if you want other people to be blessed with this content, go ahead and share this video, like it, comment. All right. And so let's go ahead and get to the video for today. So as you guys know, we have been doing a, a really deep dive study into the book of Revelations chapter 21. Me and Justin's been t tearing it up. So, uh, yeah, so make sure to go to my YouTube channel, Upload Past Crossroads again, and uh, check out the playlist that I have on there titled Revelations 21 to listen to all the rest of the video, all the rest of the uh, verses that we did on Revelations 21. So today's video, we're just focusing in on Revelations uh, 21 verses 18 to 27. So that's what we're going to focus in on on today's video. So again, that's Revelations 21 verses 18 to 27. So let's go ahead and get into it. Read the verses so that when we start spitting this fire to you guys and telling you what the word of God has to say and give you all the revelations ever that, you know, um, yeah, you know where we're coming from. All right. So, yeah, let's go ahead and get to the verses right now. Sharing my screen and yeah, I got the verses up now. Oh, dang it. I got Revelations 22 up. That's wrong. Let's do the big ones. All right, cool. All right, so Revelations 21 verses 18. And the building of the wall of it was of jasper, and the city was pure gold, like unto clear glass. Revelations 21 verse 19, and the foundations of the wall of the city were garnished with all manner of precious stones. The first foundation was jasper, the second sapphire, the third a chadani, the fourth emerald, the fifth sardonyx, the sixth uh, sardius, the seventh crystallite, the eighth beryl, the ninth topaz, the tenth chrysophorus, the eleventh jacinth, and the twelfth amethyst. And the twelve gates were twelve pearls. Every several gate was a one pearl and the street of the city was pure gold as it were transparent glass and i saw the temple therein for the lord god almighty and the lamb are the temple of it and the city had no need of the sun neither of the moon to shine in it for the glory of god did lighten it and the lamb is the light thereof and the nations of them which are saved shall walk in the light of it. And the kings of the earth do bring their glory and honor into it. And the gates of it shall not be shut at all by day, for there shall be no night there. And they shall bring the glory and honor of the nations into it. And there shall in no wise enter into it anything that defileth neither whatsoever worketh the abomination or maketh a lie, but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. All right, so that's Revelation chapter 21, 
verses 18 through 27. So let's go back to 18. We're going to go verse by verse and tear this up, me and my boy Justin, I, a.k.a. Einstein. So let's do it. All right. So Revelation 21, verse 18, and the building of the wall of it was of jasper, and the city was pure gold like unto clear glass. All right. So my first thing I got, uh, Justin, is it keeps on reiterating how this, how uh, everything's clear glass, right? The wall that's made of jasper right here is transparent like glass. We'll see that, I think, in like verse 21 or something like that. I don't remember. And then um, the city is pure gold. So everything's made of gold. You guys remember in the verse, in the video we did before that the angel was measuring the city with a rod, with a reed, and the reed was made of gold. And we see here that the whole entire city was gold, right? And then not only that, the gold was pure, right? So yeah, we'll, we'll talk about that in a minute. But yeah, let me stop sharing my screen, look at my notes and see where I want to go. But Justin, I'll let you go ahead. Yeah, I like how he keeps using like, um, I, I like how he's describing what would be impossible here on Earth as well. Like he's really, really trying to show how pure, how, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? For like it's, it's emanating, it's radiating. The closest thing, the like the most pure thing you could think of is like gold, um, but made of jasper as well. And then like we looked at some pictures last week of what jasper looks like. It's it doesn't look like a super pretty. It's like a dark red color, but for them, jasper was like this sturdy stone. So he's trying to explain like not only is this city like like as um, beautiful as gold it's like as strong as, as jasper it's as jasper so because like gold back then is like if you've ever like it melts easily it's uh very malleable it like you don't want to be making cities man. saying like this city was like so special like it could be made out of gold but it's still like, like the think of and like we were um, uh, in the last lesson we were talking about, we were talking as well. So you're not penetrating any of this at all. Like this is an impenetrable, glorious. I don't know. I, I I think John is still trying to look for jewel um, from an earthly perspective to describe this unearthly thing. Closest we'll get of like pure gold that still is clear as glass, but as strong so i do i don't know th th these next few verses are just um you're just getting this idea from all these precious stones like the sim involved with gold streets and pearls and precious stones yeah yeah uh, yeah, I want to go back to verse 18. So I'm going to read it again. It says, in the building of the wall of it was Jasper, and the city was pure gold like unto clear glass. All right, so just that part right there is focusing in on the city. Like that last part, it says, and the city was pure gold like unto pure glass. So what gold, first of all, is gold that you can see through? That's the first question. Like, <laughs> I don't know any gold on earth that you can just see through, right? So I'm going to focus on that but first thing i want to say is gold did you guys get that so gold is not common here right not everybody has gold laying around everywhere the whole cities aren't made of gold anywhere in the world if it was it would be stolen like you know like no i don't have gold you have gold justin like who has gold right so <laughs> gold isn't common here right 
But up there, you know, gold is rare up, you know, here, but up there is common, right? The whole city is made of gold. The angel measured the city, you know, when he was talking with John with a gold reed. You guys get what I'm saying? So gold is common up there, right? So I'm gonna talk about that in a minute. But uh yeah, man. So yeah, and then it said the gold was like unto pure glass, which means it has no blemishes in it whatsoever. So the city was made of gold, all that is in it. It's clear as glass, right? So you you can see through it. So unlike the earth's gold, we're not able to see through it, obviously, right? So, but heaven's gold in glory, when we get up there, I want you guys to remember that. When we get up there, it's going to be totally different. The gold is refined. It's perfect. It's pure. So you're going to be able to see through it. The reason why we can't see through gold now in today's time period is because it's, 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 it has blemishes. It's not perfect. Just like we've been talking about in all our videos that we've done in the book of Revelations, God speaks through creation, and he's speaking right here. Like nothing's without blemish everything's perfect up there everything's pure and we're going to see that with every verse that we're going to cover right here in this video all right so that's a good starter and then also we got to understand that gold has a meaning right it symbolized something even on this world in this world like everything has meaning in this world everything was made for a reason it's pointing to something right so what does gold symbolize it symbolizes christ's kingship on earth you know it, it symbolizes divinity and purity and perfection and heaven, right? That's what gold symbolizes. That's why the whole city is made of gold. Like, oh my goodness. And then gold, it also symbolizes, you know, something illuminating, something sacred, durable, and precious, right? You guys see that? So this is what gold symbolizes. Why in the world would it have to be made of gold, right? So that's the first thing. And then also, I'm going to go ahead and share my screen. But Justin, if you got anything else you want to say, you can go ahead. But um All right, cool. Uh, let's see. No, I think I'm good. All right, cool. Yeah, I'm going to talk about the tabernacle one last time. Well, not one last time. But, like, guys, we talked about the tabernacle before. And the Israelites, The God told them to make a tabernacle, right? Because he wanted to dwell with the Israelites. He wanted to be closer to them. This was during Moses' time. And uh, they so they created a tabernacle. They have God's presence with them, right? So this is the tabernacle. You know, you got the the most holy place where the Ark of the Covenant was. You got the holy place with the candlestick, the altar instance, the table of showbread. You got all that stuff, right? You got the bronze altar. You got all these different things, right? And this is just a place that was a camp with the Israelites, and it was God's camp. God was camping and tabernacle tabernacling and dwelling with the Israelites. It's really cool, guys. So that's the the, the uh, tabernacle, right? So with the tabernacle, I want you guys to know a little something. So there's different furnishings. This is what it's called. Different things that are in place uh, in the whole entire tabernacle. And it's all pointing to Jesus. It's all pointing to how God operates. It all pointing to how heaven is, right? So long story short, uh, all you need to know is in the outer courts right here, Everything's made of bronze, right? And then it's when you go into the the holy place and the most holy place, it's all made of gold. All right. That's that's what I want to say to you. It's all made of gold. And you know who could go in here? Only the Levites could go in the holy of holies and into the holy place, right? And then only the high priest could go into the place where the the holy of holies is, where the Ark of the Covenant is, where God's presence is. Right. There was a bell covering it and not everybody could walk through it. If they did, they would have died instantly. They wouldn't even have gotten close. Right. So like only one person could go into the holy of holies. And that was Aaron. And everybody else that was Levites could like, you know, 
make sure that the altar incense smelled good and it was burning. It just symbolizes prayer. You can pray constantly. Uh, you got the can the can't golden lampstand. You they had to light that day and night. Make sure that the lights kept on burning. You know, don't let your oil burn out. And then a table of showbread. You know, fellowship and a communion with God. So, anyways, guys, all you need to know is. It was all made of gold. And then at the bottom of it, the base, the foundation was made of silver. Silver, Jesus paid the price for us, right? So what did Judas trade in Jesus for? What did he portray Jesus for? It was like 50 shackles of silver. Like, it wasn't that much. It was silver, though, right? That's what it symbolized. Jesus, silver symbolizes, um, I think it's, it's not redemption. It symbolizes, like... Something like that. I don't remember, but you get what I'm saying. Like, it's the foundation of this whole entire thing because Jesus paid the price. You know, silver is the foundation of the whole entire tabernacle. Then the whole entire tabernacle is made of gold, right? And we just told you that all of heaven is made of gold, guys. All of heaven. And I told you that not everybody could go into the tabernacle. Only the Levites could. But in heaven, everybody's going to be in the place made of gold. Everybody right? And God's going to dwell with them there. So everybody's in the holy of holies place. You guys see what I'm saying? So that's it's totally different than what we've ever experienced because God's going to be right there with us. We'll see that in Revelation 22 and maybe a little bit with these verses at the end. So um, something else I want to say too is, you know, it said clearly that the walls look like glass. We saw that in past verses, but even in, in the verses we're about to talk about right now. So the walls is like Jasper, and it's looking, it's like glass. You can see through it. It's transparent. Even, uh, and then also the gold, it looks like glass as well, right? So, yeah. So I wanted to say too, you know, we're used to walls hiding stuff in today's time period. What wall can you see through? That's not a wall. That's glass. Like, <laughs> and it can shatter easily, right? So, but in this, in, in heaven, in glory, oh my gosh, the, the walls is made of stone. That's different than what we're used to. I'm not going to spoil that yet. But the, yeah, the walls made of jasper. It looks clear as glass. It looks like glass and all that stuff. Transparent like glass. It, so it's symbolizing. So I told you the walls symbolize. What walls like that? So that means you can see through what everybody's doing. Everything's transparent. Nobody's going to be able to just hide anymore. There would be no need for privacy or secrecy in heaven, guys. Like everything's open. Oh, everything's open. <laughs> Everything you can see through it. Everything's transparent. No need of hiding anymore. You don't need to hide no more or be ashamed anymore. You're in glory. There's no more pain, no more sorrow, no more sin, no more death. You don't only have to live in sin no more. <laughs> Why? Because we can see him. He's reigning with us. He's there with us. We'll be like him. We'll be perfect. It will finally be in his image, in his likeness, like we should have always been. But because of sin, we're not like that, right? So, man, so this city is it's the... There's transparency in this capital, right? In this new Jerusalem, right? You guys see what I'm saying? So I want to ask everybody a question. Is there transparency in our capitals and our governments in any nation in the world right now? Transparency. What government tells you everything and says all their secrets? Are they, does every government keep a secret? Heck, to the yes. Heck, your parents keep secrets from you. Like, so, <laughs> but in heaven, everything's going to be transparent. Everything's going to be open. Everything's, there'll be nothing to hide from anymore. So I just wanted to say that too. And also, biggest point I want to say is you'll see a lot of times in these verses, you know, it keeps on saying like glass, like transparent glass, right? Everything's transparent. It's the walls that are transparent. It's the gold that's transparent. Everything's transparent there, right? 
So the constant mention of transparency indicates that the city is designed to transmit the glory of God in the form of light without hindrance, right? It's without hindrance, guys, up there. So nothing will be hindered anymore, man. So I know this is a different than what we're accustomed to. It's completely different than our world, world order. And we're not used to all this, right, at all. So that's why heaven's going to be so awesome, man. Because, yeah, the dimensions are incredible, right? You got the whole city that's 1,400 miles high, you know, high, 1,400 miles wide, 1,400 miles breadth, width, and height, whatever you're saying. I can't ever remember the, the third one. But but it's all, it's equal on every dimension, right? So the dimensions are phenomenal. I told you that the wall was 216 feet, 144 cubits. So the city's bigger than a wall, right? But it's huge. It's still a big wall. It's made of Jasper, right? So the dimensions in the descriptions seem confusing and impossible. What we're say, about to say to you and what we've been saying all in the book of Revelation is 21. But we serve a God. We got to think about who the maker of that city is. It's God, right? He's the architect. So can God do the impossible? So if this seems impossible to you, you need to think outside the box. You need to Quit limiting God, man. You know, we should expect it to be beyond our comprehension. Heaven, are you kidding me? It's going to be beyond anything you can fathom and imagine, right? So we can gain a brief glimpse of what John saw, but we can't even begin to see it in the fullness until we see it with our own eyes. Because he kept on saying light, Jasper, light, transparent glass. We're not going to be able to know what he was talking about till we get up there, right? So I just wanted to say that and then... Yeah, did you have anything else with that verse, uh, Justin? I really like how you brought up the tabernacle as well, because like I think um, in these next verses, because John, like John, the book of John, like in the, in the Gospels, not this one, he talks about the spirituality of like Jesus's mission a lot as well. Like he'll try, he really. Um, the concept of, of the kingdom of heaven, like he knows of what the kingdom of heaven would be a lot about. And he really pressed on things that, that save us, but the spiritual gifts that Jesus provided. And imagery in these next chapters, and I'm, I'm going to save it for when we enter those verses, but we'll actually see like, like how the kingdom of God is more more than just a physical place for people to um, go to worship or fellowship together. It's going to be this new creation that pulls its power from. God. I do like what you're saying about transparent walls too. The important thing about, about this kingdom is that it's transparent. there's like um, I'm, I'm trying to remember what, what words you're saying, but there's like uh, back to the other verses. There's no fear there's no anger there's no tears there's no negative emotion that's going to uh, ruin the order of things because it's a new world order and the whole city is going to be transparent it's going to have no secrets people are going to be they're going to be vulnerable but like it's a good vulnerable like that's how problems in our world because uh People are people, and it causes them to build up walls, and it causes them to um, ability is, is a weakness in itself. Like obviously, you want to guard your hearts and your minds, and certain, uh, because we live in a broken 
African world and people don't have your best interest, but in this new world with clear made of that's clear, clear as glass, pure as gold, that's gonna show that we don't have, I think that's really important. But man, the, in the next verses, we're gonna go into why these, how John describes the temple is so important for what the new Jerusalem truly is. Right. Right. Yeah, and I want to say this too, Justin. I butchered it last time we did a study, but we started off with Revelations 21 verse 11 um, in our last study. This verse, this is what Revelations 21 11 says. It said, having the glory of God and her light was like unto a stone most precious, even like a jasper stone clear as, as, as crystal. So the glory of God, we're going to see in the later verses, like verse 25 or something, that, you know, God's the light of the city, right? We don't need, no. there's no need of a sun, no need of a moon, no need of anything, any of the light source, because God's the light of it. And the, the lamb is the light of it too. So, but it said that the glory of God, uh, John was saying that the glory of God was like Jasper, like trans, like a, like a clear as a crystal, right? So that means it shimmered, it had a shine. And, and like a reflection, like a crystal one. Two, it's like Jasper. We showed you what Jasper looked like. Google what a Jasper stone looks like. Uh, it's a red stone. I'm pretty sure it could be any other color, um, but I know it's red and it's a dull color and it's really dark. It's it's so dull that you, you can't see through it, right? It's a real thick color and it's real pretty, but he's saying that that's what the glory of God's like. It's, it's clear as stone. It's transparent. You can see through it. Like, what light is like that? Like, <laughs> you get what I'm saying? I hope everybody's seeing that visual. Like, heaven's going to be totally different than what we're accustomed to and used to here on this, in this world. So, yeah, I really wanted to hone that in. So, I'm ready for verse 19 and 20 if you are, Justin. Just doing both of those two at once. Yeah. All right, cool. So, let me share my screen. We get to these verses, guys. All right. Um... In the foundations, in the found, okay, cool. I want to make a big screen. In the foundations of the wall of the city were garnished with all manner of precious stones. The first foundation was jasper, the second sapphire, the third Chaldean, uh, Chaldean, uh, the fourth emerald, the fifth sardonyx, the sixth sardius, the seventh crystal light, the eighth beryl, the ninth topaz, the tenth chrysoprase the 11th Jason, then the 12th Amethyst, and the 12th, okay, yeah, that's what we're reading right now. Just 19 or 20 right now. All right, so there's so much to tell you with these these verses. So you guys already know, if you've been looking at my YouTube channel a lot, that I've been doing Sunday school lessons on Revelations 21, Revelations 22, and now I'm Nehemiah 1. So I want to do verse-by-verse studies with Justin and Terry to really hone in and like bring out everything possible that I can and share everything I didn't get to share during Sunday school lessons and Bible studies because I just couldn't say everything in that short time period. But I want to give everybody a fun fact, right? So I watched a video and it said that this verse right here, these two verses I just read, is, is proof that God is real. Because first of all, nobody knew that, nobody had pure light back any time before the 1900s. So before the 1800s, uh, you know, 1863, 1820, in the day's time period, right? <laughs> like before that time, we didn't have pure light at all. So this verse is going to point at how pure light works. So we know this and just in our time period, not 
So this, you know, we already know that the Bible was written a long time ago, so way before the 1800s, right? So yeah, let me let me say these points to you. So in the 1900s is when we discovered how to make pure light, right? So most light is bouncing around, right? You look at any other light source like a flashlight, your ceiling light, any kind of light, right? It's going in all directions and it's light reflecting another light, right? That's that's how light works. But uh, there's no, there's really no direct light, lights that are just, there's no light just being pinpointed anywhere. It's just light going everywhere, right? So uh, now we discovered how to send light in one direction, right? So at, around the 18, around the 1900s, so uh, yeah, so actually 1900s, so literally the 1900s. <laughs> That's when we discovered how to send light in one direction. So laser light is how we send light in one direction instead of it going in many directions, right? So it's called cross-polarized uh, light or cross-polarization. So I don't know anything about light, but if you're big on lights, you know exactly what I'm talking about. So let me talk about the two different jewels. So you have two different jewels in the world, right? And they reflect on light differently, right? So you have the anti-tropic light. I mean, you have the anti-tropic jewel, and then you have isotropic jewels. And so anti-tropic jewels are jewels that if you hit hit it with pure light, whatever colors they begin with, it doesn't matter because when the light hits it, a laser light, a pure light, it goes and turns into a beautiful rainbow, like different colors, right? Because the pure light hits this this jewel and it shows that it's a real jewel, right? Essentially, right? It's a precious jewel, right? And so isotropic jewels are different, right? They're precious stones and when light, pure light hits it, it loses all its color, right? So it has one color that you see, and it looks beautiful and awesome, these isotropic jewels. But when pure light hits it, it look, the light that you see through like the telescope and stuff is pure black. So it's like charcoal. It's like a lump of coal. And so it's fake, right? So, <laughs> and so what's fake? Like what kind of stone, what kind of jewels are isotropic? It's all the stones that everybody loves, that everybody adores. You got diamonds, you got rubies, you got garnets. Uh, another word was like, I can't say it, but I'm going to just share my screen so everybody can see the word. So this was another one, plyo rope and almadani. So if you know about any stones like that, that's that's uh, that's the ones that when pure light hits it, even though it has a color, it doesn't, it doesn't show a color. You know, when you have pure light on and you're looking through a telescope, right? So this is what I want everybody to see. Like, this shows the beauty of God. Like, this is what John was trying to convey with what he was writing to us. Like, he was trying to convey how uh, beautiful the city was and how majestic and awesome the beauty of God is in glory. Because we know that the 12 foundations of the city were these stones, right? Is that what the verse said? Yeah. I think that's what the verse said. Yeah. So it said... All right, well, it said that the 12 foundations are every one of these stones, and the name of one of the apostles were on each of these 12 foundations, these precious stones, right? And so you had Jasper, you had Sapphire, you had Chaldani. So basically, guys, you see what this, the beauty of this right here? I hope everybody can see it in my screen, actually. But uh, look at this, man. Like, this is what it looks like when Pure Lights hits just Jasper, when it hits Sapphire, when it hits Chaldani. Do you see the reflection? That's what's going to happen in heaven. Like, you're going to see, this is what John was trying to convey, how it was reflecting the glory of God. Like, and that's how you, that's, oh man, it's so powerful. That's just the stones, guys. We, he said what the glory of God looked like. It was clear as Jasper, but like crystal, 
right? So it's probably white or it's clear color, right? That he was talking about with the glory of God, right? But like with the stones, we know that those are certain colors. And but when pure light hits it, there's no light purer than God's light, right? No light source better than God's light. So if God's light gonna hit these stones, what's gonna happen? It's gonna look something like this, man. Like, so you're basically gonna be seeing colors like this all throughout the the new Jerusalem, just reflecting from the stones alone on the foundations, just reflecting everywhere. You guys get that? So it's so powerful and so cool. And then also, this is what it looks like when diamonds, spinal, so rubies, a garnet, pyrope, or amandine, you know, garnet, when it reflects on pure light. So the, basically, the, the stones that are expensive in today's time period in our world, the fashions of this world, like we, me and Justin talked about with First Corinthians 7, like, the stuff that means a lot to us here on this earth that are really expensive, man, when a pure light hits it, it's nothing. It looks like a lump of coal. That's, that's all it's good for. It's not going to be in heaven, right? But you look at these stones, these stones will be, right? So, yeah, I wanted to throw that out there, man. Uh, Justin, did you, did you have anything else? Because I got something else I want to say with this, too. I'll talk about it real fast, too. Like, right. I just like all the, uh, now that we've went over 20, like, I just like how John is trying to use symbols of purity and I actually didn't know what you're talking about supports what I'm saying but there's like a lot of symbols of purity that's involved with the precious gold, the pearls that will go on later it's pretty much the fact that this new Jerusalem has like no fake gems it has no isotropic um, jewels or anything which John knew intimately was a place of demons and unclean spirits. John's trying to de- depict the holy city as like this pure place. It's because heaven is a pure place. Like he's trying to um, really aiming for heaven by overcoming sins and impurities on this earth in order in holy life. Yeah. And I, I actually do like those as well. I also found out that um, some scholars are thinking that John was challenged to paganism at the time too because paganism man, was like really picking up speed before and after Jesus like so the 12 foundation stones of the city were 12 stones of the ancient zodiac so pagans always look to the zodiac to like because supposedly like that's what created the order or purpose of life the 12 stones from the zodiac but he kind of turned the table in um by listing the stones in an opposite order here in the zodiac so this was so he was trying to reveal that it was was of god who truly were in touch with the purpose and order of life he reversed the order to it to show that no it's not like destiny or the universe or the gods that they had um it was god and the people who were brought this power so and it's evident that god has this power further on but it was evident that god was in control because there was like no sun or moon from god so the same with the stones there's no power in like we give things like these precious stones were already um they 
already had their structure and meaning given by God. They already had their beauty given by God, by how they absorb, how they look precious, and how they had, um, how they. But he was denying any meaning that pagans or man were giving to them by trying to put them in a different order than what to give them that order back to God. So I just like how all of this is time and spiritual. Um, the kingdom of God is supposed to be. Yeah. And that's, that's what I was trying to convey earlier, man. Like John wrote this how long ago, right? So there's no way that they would have known about how pure light reflects on these stones back then. Yeah. Like it's back in caveman time period, basically. Right. So he was saying, what what happens when pure light hits these stones? Like, this is something we just discovered in the 1900s, which wasn't too long ago, right? I was born in 1992. It wasn't that long ago, right? So, um, yeah, so this is something we just discovered in human history. So it's just backing up the word of God. Like, what happens when stone stones reflect pure light? And again, what light's pure than God's light? So uh, the list of precious stones shows the beauty and magnificence of the city one and shows the way it reflects the beauty of God who fills it with his glory. Right. So I keep on reiterating that. But let's keep on going deeper, man. So the stones are beautiful. They're shiny. They're radiant. They're just as bright because it's reflecting the light, the pure light, God's light. Right. And that's how we are as believers. Right. Let's talk about a life application here. Right. So these stones do not produce the light. They only reflect the light. Right. So nobody is holy on their own. Nobody is sanctified on their own. Nobody's pure on their own, right? We all need Jesus. We all need God, right? And God comes into us, you know, the Holy Spirit dwells in us and tabernacles with us when we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, you know, and all that stuff. Then we become saved. Then we'll start reflecting God, right? Then we'll start being like Christ in people's lives. Then we'll start um, being an example of the faith and how we should all be living, right? Because we're all little Christes, right? So, we only reflect the light of God. We do not generate it because the true light comes from God and we only reflect the light of God. Simple as that. So this is a, this is what these stones do. They're just reflecting the light of their creator, right? The light of God, right? So something else you need to know too is uh, I keep on mentioning this. The tabernacle ties into this like crazy. I can't, can't help but bring it up. We've mentioned in the last video, the breastplate of judgment that the high priest used to wear when he went into the tabernacle to be a memorial of the whole 12 tribes of Israel, right? So he was representing the whole nation while he went into the presence of God because he was in right standing with God, like it's symbolizing Jesus. Jesus is in right standing for us and he's taking our place. And he, because he's righteous, because he's holy, when he comes into the presence of God and he has us as a memorial while he talks to God, it makes us right with God too, right? And he, because he's mm -hmm. intervening for us, right? So that's what the breastplate of judgment symbolizing and doing everything. Same thing for the 12 stones, right? So, uh, but before I even say that, so it's, I said that it, uh, it's basically the stones that we see here in verse 19 and 20, uh, Revelations 21, is symbolizing the same stones that we'll see in Exodus 28, verses 15 to 21, with the breastplate of judgment. Now, some of them, I, I don't know, I saw diamond on there, I didn't see diamond in Revelations 21. I saw, um, I, mean, I saw one other stone that was different. But basically, guys, like it's basically the same stones. I know Topaz was on there, Safari was on there, and it's Topaz and Safari are 
one of the stones that's mentioned here uh, as the 12 foundation. So I thought that was really interesting. All right. And so let's get to the, the next set of points I got. So it appears that those precious stones that were once reserved for the high priest now belong to the entire city of New Jerusalem, what I just said. Now let's talk about the good stuff, man. So we see that the 12 gates, man, we had, there's 12 gates. And what did the 12 gates have, have on each and every single one of the 12 gates of the new Jerusalem, the new heaven, the eternal state, how it's going to be forever. That city we're going to dwell in forever and ever, the eternal state. And every single one of those 12 gates, you have one of the 12 tribes of Israel on there. And you're on the pearl of the gates, right? So the gate was a pearl. We're about to talk about that in a minute. And then on the 12 foundations, it had one of the apostles, one of the disciples uh, names on, on one of these stones of the 12 foundation, right? So what do we see here? We see we have unity and heritage of a people, right? And it's the heritage and the unity of a people who worshiped and sacrificed and served the Lord, right? So these were all cho chosen people by God, right? Many are called, but few are chosen, right? Few accept the call. That's what that verse means, if you ever didn't know what that verse means. So many are chosen, man, and we have accepted the call. And these are the ones that have accepted the call of God, man. So God has called you. You can be one of these people, right? So, well, you can't be one of the people. You, you get what I'm saying, guys. <laughs> so. Yeah, but what, what I'm trying to say is when you serve the Lord, man, God never forgets anybody, right? He never forgets anybody that serves him, loves him, and does what he called them to do. And we see that here with the 12 foundation and the 12 gates of the new Jerusalem, right? So God never forgot the 12 tribes of Israel, right? You know how long ago? The 12 tribes of Israel was a little bit longer ago than the 12 disciples, right? And God still remembering them here in the new heaven and the new Jerusalem and the new earth. Are you kidding me? So God never forgets anyone who worships him. All right. I said that earlier. So the patriots and the apostles unlock the gates that led the redeemed home. This is why they're mentioned. This is why they have such a high place and in, in a high memorial in God's presence and with God, just like the high priest did, you know, with the breastplate of judgment with the 12 you get what I'm saying, guys. It's all coming together, guys. Like, this is how God works. So my last point is, you know, the forerunner to Christianity was the Israelites that believed in God, right? The 12 tribes of Israel. And then the apostles set the torches of Christian faith ablaze, right? This is why we have Christianity still going today, because they were the foundation, man. They started and were the forerunners of Christianity, right? They started it all. So obviously, God's going to reward them. He's going to reward you for your faithfulness as well. I don't know what our reward's going to be, but hey, we see theirs. So, all right. And yeah, there's just so much with that. But if you ever saw the, like the 24 elders mentions in the book of Revelations at all, it's talking about the 12 apostles and it's talking about the 12 uh, tribes of Israel. So there's 24 elders mentioned in Revelations chapter 4, verse 4 and 10. And basically the 12, uh, the 24 elders were always... Uh, uh, together seated, they had chairs seated with the presence of God, basically. And whenever Jesus showed up, they were all bowed down and worshiped him, right? So even though they're memorialized, there's only one MVP, there's only one star in glory, and that's Jesus, man. The bright morning star, like we talked about in Revelation 22. But all right, so and then sit in Revelation uh, 11, verse 16, it mentions the 24 elders again, how they worship God, and yeah, and they were meeting together for meetings or something. I mean, the 24 elders, so they're doing something. I don't know. But yeah, so yeah, that verse was really interesting to me, both of those two. Did you have anything else, Justin? Not for this section. All right, cool. All right. I got a lot for 21, and I'll let you take over, man. So, <laughs> 21, 21 was epic, bro. Oh my God, I love 21. All right, let me share my screen.
if I can get to it. All right. So Revelation is 21 verse 21. It's 21, 21. That's a song or something or rappers name. I don't, I don't remember. But anyways, <laughs> Revelation 21, 21. And the 12 gates were 12 pearls. And every several gate was one pearl. And the street of the city was pure gold as transparent glass. Mm, mm, mm. All right. Let's get to this, man. I'm about to break this down, guys. All right. Man, have you ever seen a, uh, have you ever seen a pearl as big as, as I can imagine? Like an entire gate made out of a pearl right of course like everything's still everything has to be transparent Mm -hmm. i like how i like how and i explained in the other there's a symmetry to this as well like each each gate was represented in tribe of israel and like there were three gates in the north three gates in the south three gates in the east three in the like how like they're all decorated the same like they don't go like, oh, since they did better, we'll decorate this gate this way. No, each gate is decorated. Gate is made by a single pro. Can you imagine how crazy big that is? Like, like uh, I forgot all this wall was, but if the gate's as tall as the wall, that is a huge gate right there. Can you imagine look, look, of like how much shine that has to have? Mm-hmm. And of course, like gold, but they're still as pure as trans- Transparent glass, too, man. Like when I, when I read this, I didn't even know how to imagine that. I've never seen like a trans. It fits the motif that, that everything has to be transparent. Everything, no secrets, no, no hidden agendas. That's I think that's a big part. Like there are going to be no hidden agendas. Like people always try to figure out like what god's deal was and honestly like we still do that today um bible that he works for our own good and he's working for us like he doesn't have a hidden agenda like his agenda is his own like everyone he works for all of our good and i think that's very hard for people i think and i had a conversation with someone um hiking the other week about, about just can't believe in a God who, who would rain down fire on people's wife into salt just for like turning back or killing a man just because he's trying to catch him. That's way too much to be talking about in one lesson right now. That Each of those is a study on its own. Part of it is because those were consequences of living in a broken world. Um, um and honestly, like, it's hard for us to, uh, that doesn't have an ulterior motive because everything in this world has, like, um, like politics, governments, um, uh, civil rights movements, they start out with a good purpose, but it's created by man. There's always going wrong with it. Um, that belies a ulterior is the thing about the clear streets and pure as gold foundation is that everything is going to come to light like there aren't going to be hit you get like you're going to see 12 gates of pearls and like 12 foundation there's not going to be any anything more than that it's just 
going to be the glory of God. Yeah. Man, I can't wait to talk about this. Bit. I'm so excited. Like, <laughs> just no, you're gonna, you're gonna have to. Yeah, I'm excited to see what you have for. It, man, it's an interesting verse. Mm, mm, mm. Yeah, let's talk about it, man. Like, <laughs> this is my favorite part. Oh, all right. So, Revelations 21, 21, the rap name, 21, 21, the, the rap song, whatever it is. You got young people know exactly what I'm talking about, or people my age. I just didn't listen to rap music when. I got in college. But anyways, all right. In the 12 gates were 12 pearls. Every several gate was one pearl, right? In the street of the city was pure gold as transparent glass. We're going to focus on the pearl part, man. Like the wall was 144 cubits, guys. So the wall was 216 feet. That means the, the gate, it's not going to be, it's not going to be the size of the, of the doors that we have. Like <laughs> it's going to be a huge door. Like you're probably not going to see no door, no gate as big as what we'll see in the new Jerusalem. Then on top of that is three gates on every side of it, right? So three pearls on every gate, right? Well, every gate is a pearl, right? So, and then also I saw people trying to draw draw the image of this, Justin, and they've been drawing the tomb of Jesus, basically. <laughs> like the, the stone that rolled away, they've been putting a stone, a stone as the gate in the new Jerusalem. Like, you get what I'm saying? Like it's a, mm. it's a stone that, a stone that you have to roll away as the gate yeah. for the new Jerusalem. I thought that was pretty unique because it would have to be pretty big. Yeah. Yeah, that's, yeah. yeah it would have to be. I, I never heard of that. That's pretty cool. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to say that that's a fact. I'm just saying. like That's what I saw oh, in yeah. visual. Yeah. <laughs> we, we are by no means condoning uh, the the realistic reference of New Jerusalem on this right, channel. Right, but all you need yeah, let me talk about pearls, guys. We got pearls on the earth. Let me let me spit some game about pearls. So, fun fact: what happened in ancient time periods, right? So, in ancient time periods, pearls were considered they were the most expensive, most valuable possession that one could have in the ancient time period. So, what are what's what's the most expensive, most valuable possession one could have in today's time period? I think that's debatable based on what you like. But anyways, I guess money would be what the most precious thing is. But in that time period, it was pearls, right? So Julius Caesar once passed a law saying only the rich and only the social elite can wear pearls, right? And let me tell you about pearls, man. So one sermon idea I had was, you know, where the familiar does the impossible, right? That's one of my sermon ideas. And let me talk about this. We just talked about with the new Jerusalem that, you know, a delicate pearl can be a heavy gate, right? What pearl is that big? I'm about to tell you how big this pearl is, man. Like, it's huge. 216 feet almost. Like, what pearl is that big on this earth? You know, I saw actually, Justin, the biggest pearl on earth, I Googled it. The biggest pearl on the earth is only like two feet, I think. It's something like that. It's, it's really, compared to 216 feet, like. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, compared to like, our pearls got that big. But yeah, that's a, there's no way we would find a pearl 200 feet bigger times bigger than the world's biggest pearl yeah like it's just two feet it's something like that like even if it's not two feet it's not it's probably smaller than two feet like it was it was guys a two foot pearl are you kidding me that's the biggest pearl ever right right now in today's time period so all right let's talk about this man so you had a delicate pearl that becomes a heavy gate you have a colored metal gold that you can see through that's clear what gold do you do you see that's that you can see through right now like then you have a radiant jewel that can be a sturdy wall 
of jasper can be a sturdy wall. Well, well, wall in this world is made of a stone, like like jasper, uh, am amethyst, and all that stuff, man. Like sapphire, like there's no wall like that, right? So in heaven, it's like you have two different parts in heaven, man. You have things that are familiar to you, and then you have things that seem impossible, right? So I just told you about some impossible things, like gold being pure, radiant jewel. It can be a sturdy wall, a, a pearl can be a heavy gate. Are you kidding me? That's heaven. God does the impossible, guys, right? So why wouldn't he do it in heaven and glory where we're going to be at forever, right? So, yeah, and then also, too, it may talk about climate uh, control as well. Like, maybe it's perfect weather in heaven or something. Maybe it doesn't get hot or cold. Maybe it's perfect weather because with pearls, it must be kept away from sunlight and lots of heat. It must be in a, or it can't be in a dry atmosphere because, it will lose its luster and potentially crack, right? That's what happens with pearls. But maybe heaven's different, <laughs> you know? <laughs> so I don't know. So, yeah, that's something I, that's one thing I wanted to say. And then another thing, guys, here goes the great part, right? So I told you guys that you got 12 gates, and each gate was a pearl, right? And it's a giant pearl. It's not some little small pearl. It's a giant pearl because the wall is 216 feet. The whole city is 1,400 miles high, wide, and 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 just in every direction, with breadth and weight, you guys get what I'm saying. All 1,400 miles on each side. All right, so, all right, so, the biggest point I want to say is, you know, we're a great irritant. So let me say a scripture verse: Matthew chapter 13, verse 45 to 46, to hone in on this pearl part. So Matthew 13, chapter, yeah, Matthew chapter 13, verse 45 to 46 says, "Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant man seeking goodly pearls, who when he found one pearl of great price, went and sold all that he had and bought it, right? <laughs> this verse is so dope. All right, so Jesus is the one who sold everything he had, right? In the kingdom of heaven is like a merchant man seeking God, goodly pearls, right? Who, when he found one pearl of great price, went and sold everything he had and bought it. You're that pearl, guys. He laid down his life. He poured out his blood, sweat, and tears. He gave it all for who? For the world, for you and me. Are you kidding me? <laughs> a pearl of great price. Did you? If you didn't think you were worthy, you didn't think you were worth anything. You didn't. If you don't see your value, oh my goodness, you're a great pearl of God. So let me get a little story time to you. How is a pearl made, guys? How's a pearl made in today's world? All right. So a, a pearl is an irritation. It's a pest. It's a parasite. That's what a, a pearl is, right? So a pearl comes from an oyster, and this happens when an oyster starts to deal with the irritation. This is how an oyster deals with an irritation. So this parasite, you know, by covering the irritation slash grain or sand that is a pest. So it's a it's a sand, a grain of sand that becomes an irritation and it becomes a parasite to an oyster, right? And so basically an oyster uses a fluid called nicarine to harden this irritation, this parasite, this grain of sand that that formed on this oyster, right? And so the oyster keeps on covering it and covering it and covering it over and over again with nectarine, you know, this parasite, this pest, this irritation, this grain of sand, right? Because it shouldn't be on it. But this is what happens when, when it's on it, you know, until there's a round covering over the, the pest or parasite. So until it becomes round, you know, this parasite, this this uh, pest, this grain of sand, and it forms a pearl, that's when the oyster done, is done with it because it's done what it needs to do with this pest, this irritation, this grain of sand, right? So you can have a small pest or you can have a large pest, right? You guys see it? You see how it's coming together? So 
if the gate is two, if the wall is 216 feet, and that's the pearl. And I just told you Jesus died on the cross for our sins because we're pearls. We're precious pearls. He sold everything he had. He came down from his throne to save us, right? He came down from heaven to come to hell. <laughs> this earth's awful. <laughs> so if Jesus did that for you and me, mm-mm-mm. yeah, when, the visualization that we'll have is anytime we walk into the pearly gates, anytime we walk into the new Jerusalem, all we'll see is this gigantic pearl for a gate, right? With one of the 12 tribes' names on it. All the 12 tribes had it. Justin mentioned that in the last video. He said no tribe had a perfect gate. No tribe had a bigger gate than the other one. They're all the same size. It's all equal on every limb. Like you would think Joseph and Benjamin would have a better gate than everybody else, but they didn't, right? Everybody had an equal size gate, an equal size pearl. Why? Because we're all a great irritation to God, man. We're all a great pest to God, man, because of our sin, right? So when we walk into those pearly gates, we'll say, that's me. Every single time we walk through, we were all a great big irritation and pest, full of sin, full of ourselves, full of darkness, stupidity, and weakness, right? So, but God, what did, what did God do? But God, man, he rolled you in the righteousness of Jesus Christ, man. But God, what did he do? He covered you with his grace. He covered you with his mercy. He covered you with his, with his blood. He covered you with his goodness. And now you're a treasure, just like the oyster does with the grain of sin. That's a parasite. That's, that's a pest. And he uses nicarine. It covers and covers and covers that parasite, that pest, until it becomes a pearl. This is what Jesus does for us, man. He's making us into his image, man. Now you're a trophy. You're you're not only a trophy of your own goodness, right? You're a trophy for God, man. You're his trophy, man. A trophy of his grace, man. So we're all uh, irritation and pest, man. Think about how much you sin, man. Think about how how many times you screw up and you mess up and God got to bail you out, man. Right? So... Man, that's our God, man. So every time you walk into heaven, that's what you're going to see. The 12 gates, the 12 pearls, they speak of you and me. This is exactly who you are. You've been robed in the righteousness, forgiven so much, a great irritant in and of yourself. But Jesus has forgiven you and robbed and robed you in his righteousness, right? Now you are part of his holy city. Now you are part of his bride, man. So that's, that's heaven, man. That's why it's a pearl. <laughs> every gate is a pearl. You see it, Justin, man? <laughs> yeah, I like that. Yeah. I like. And then we talked about it already. Um, We're on verse. What verse are we on? 21. Yeah. And the in Revelation 21 21, the street of the city was pure gold, as it were transparent glass. So there's a street in the city of the New Jerusalem. And in the street, it is gold, it's pure gold. And you can see through this gold, guys. <laughs> so when I thought about the street, Justin, it, it didn't say many streets. It didn't say multiple streets. It just said one street in the middle of the hmm. whole entire New Jerusalem, right? Oh, yeah, you're right. Oh, yeah. So, yeah. That, great street. And that's hmm. what I thought about, man. It's just one road, one street. Like, So if that's the case, there's only one way into heaven. There's only one way to get there. Right, one direction. There's in life, man. There's many ways to the truth, right? There's many ways to get to one destination in this world. Like people think, every religion you can you can find something in every religion to find God. Like you know, there's just so much confusion going on in this world, right? So you can go in any direction in this world, but in heaven, there's only one way, right? And that way is to Jesus, right? So yeah, God's glory and the idea of life are 
are uh, present and represent in this great street of, of of gold, right? So there's not there's many roads, many beliefs, many opinions, many ways, multiple ways to get to one destination, but not in heaven, guys. So that's what that's what I see with this the one street being mentioned right here, right? And then it's gold. Like I want to, say, man, that is so powerful. Like the thing that. In Tennessee, one thing we struggle with a lot is potholes. Like there's potholes everywhere on the road. On every you find it anywhere, especially on the back roads. You'll just find potholes for days, right? And so in heaven, do you think there's gonna be potholes if it's not made of concrete? Like it's made of gold. I think gold's real durable. Like that's one of the things that's that represent and is so significant about gold. It's durable, it's dur to last. Like gold ain't going nowhere, right? So it's not going to have potholes. That's one thing. I don't know if there'll be cars in heaven, but I just want to throw that out there. So, yeah, one thing I want to say, too, is um, I want to ask a question. What is the most expensive, precious, and priceless item one can obtain? obtain? And where do you usually – and I, w- I think most people would say gold. Like, I think if you have gold, you can obtain a lot of money, especially if you have, like, a lump oh, yeah. of gold, right? The bigger, the mm-hmm. bigger and heavier that gold is, the more – expensive it is like, yeah another question i was is what i was going to ask is what is the most precious thing on, on the face of the earth to man i think gold would be up there right and then also where do you usually find gold on the earth you know gold is guarded man like you can't just find gold anywhere like where is gold we don't even know like <laughs> it's hidden in, in, in it's well guarded you know in jewel stores and banks and homes and it's in vaults you know you find it in in vaults and most of the rich and famous and most, you know, whoever has it. So, yeah, like the most expensive thing on earth is hidden. But in heaven, it's not hidden. It's it's open by you. The whole city's made of gold, right? You guys see that? So if the whole city's made of gold. The road is made of gold. Guys, apparently gold is given to everybody in heaven. Like, so. <laughs> and then also, there's so much to say with that. Like storing up treasures in heaven. Uh, one of my points is. The most, ex- no, the most expensive, the most valuable, the most precious item on earth is just a road in heaven, right? So the most precious, most expensive, the most valuable thing on earth is a road in heaven. Did you guys get that? That means it's good enough to be stomped on. It's good enough to be trampled on. It's good enough to just be for everything, right? Like, you guys see that? Like, it could be a wall. Like, it's not valued. It's not hidden. It's not, you know, stored up. It's not, it's not you know, held for yourself. It's for everybody. You guys see the symbolism? Like, there's so much you can go with that. But basically, like, the things we cherish on earth and guard it with our lives are just fit for street materials. Good enough to just be thrown out, right? It's for everybody. Like, it ain't that great. Like, you know, so, and what we value so highly on earth has little or no value in glory, right? So the things humans fuss over, uh, having no value in the sight of God, you know, you guys get what I'm saying. Yeah, I'll just leave it at that, man. So. Yeah, did you have anything else, Justin? It's interesting that you did say, like, it's one, like, it mentions just, like, one great street. I feel like, like that, Um, of course, like, not everyone's going to live on the same streets, probably spread out throughout. But that does make me think, think, like, there is, like, a center where people, like, can, people are grouping together. So, so they're, like, these people aren't but these people are gonna be have a chance to congregate or just a fellowship and i think the theme of unity or uniformity that we were talking 
about that then the last lesson as well and be like different or have their own personalities or have their own um own uniqueness to them but they're still going to be this is not going to be like all going to be centralized to this one street we're all going to be a central people for god and i just really really like that because everything we've looked at not just the beautiful symmetry of the architecture but the beautiful and harmony that we're all going to have as a people once we get to this city man it's a place not just from the physical description which is like, like the tip of the iceberg but everyone's going to be able to enjoy in this splendor. Yeah. Yeah, last thing I want to say is, you know, I meant to say this. I couldn't really read my notes. I haven't read this part until now. So the things human fuss over are of no value in the sight of God, right? So the things that are valuable on the mm. earth means nothing in heaven, basically. But like you don't see a lot of stuff in heaven that you'll see on earth, right? And then um, that is reason, th- this is the reason why we leave them here on earth at death. So at death, what can you take with you? Nothing. Like the things that are most valuable, you you're not gonna take in a casket with you, and then it's in your casket. You can't take it to heaven with you, right? So heaven is totally different. It's all about storing up treasures in heaven. So that's the whole theme of this whole entire verse alone. Like just in the whole entire New Jerusalem, the whole Christian life. This is what Jesus is trying to teach us. He's trying to teach us to, and he said to us one time to store up treasures in heaven, right? We're mocked and rust and and nothing can destroy it right? It's in heaven. So what are you banking on? We talked about it with the Sunday school lesson, like investments, like everybody wants to store up and get more money and invest their money. But are you investing in heaven? Are you investing in things that are going to last for all eternity and forever? Because this is the investments that matter the most. Like gold's going to be up there. <laughs> like it's, it's for everybody. <laughs> so <laughs> why are you finding for it down here? Like it means nothing. Right, it's not gonna last. So yeah, we gotta change our focus, man. So I just want to throw that out there, man. All right. So, yeah. You like, go to oh yeah. You ready to go twenty-two, man? Yeah. All right. I'm not gonna worry about sharing my screen. Revelation is twenty-one, twenty-two, and I saw no temple therein, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple of it. And yeah, I'll just. I'm not even gonna read my notes on this one. Oh, go ahead. You go. You go ahead. Oh yeah. No, I'm sorry. The- one thing I just and like I'll add stuff later after you is like like I like this parallel. Didn't he say like uh, the temple had to be the temple be torn down before he could come again, or before um, before the new Jerusalem could be built up, and like the, the Pharisees took it, like he was going to tear down the temple himself but no he was saying like there needed to be a breakdown of people's temple before the new temple could come and this is like the new temple i like how and there and that was like a big argument with um the where where do you worship like where is the proper place to like go to worship god but now that it's not a, a it's not a fact of like where the temple is it's like where God and the Lamb are its temple. Now, really, uh, like I, I but no, you go, you add what you were gonna say. Uh, yeah, like 
I'm gonna read my notes a little bit. So in the ancient world, it was unthinkable for to have a city without uh, different temples in it. Like we know, mm. just from even the pagan nations, they had a lot of temples. Like in yeah. Christian nation, obviously would have the temple, you know, temple of God, and we have temples, you know, churches and stuff like that. So to say that they're in a great city that there's no bank, like to say there's no temple, is basically to say that there's no bank in it, no shopping mall in it. Like that's what it meant to say. Like you have no temple in your city, so it was crazy for in the New Jerusalem for it to say that there's no temple in it. But here's why: like um, it says in that verse, you know, for the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are His temple. Right? We see there's there's no temple. You know why? Because the Lord God Almighty and the Lamb are the temple, and they're dwelling with the people. Right? Like the Lamb. Is Jesus and God, who who is the light, right? He's the glory, right? He's there too. So like, the temple was not removed; it was expanded, right? Everything in every place is holy and is the dwelling place of God, because God is there in the New Jerusalem. So, I t- I mentioned earlier how in the tabernacle, it was all made of gold, and the presence of God was in it. So everybody literally is going to be where the presence of God is, where it's all gold, just like the new Jerusalem. (laughs) So that is the temple, right? So that's heaven, man. So here the temple is everywhere, right? The temple's everywhere in the new Jerusalem. There's not, you don't need, there's no more sacred, no more secular, you know, there's no more uh, church buildings. There's no need for a special place or a sanctified spot like we have here on this earth. Because the whole thing sanctified. The whole thing is holy. The whole city, guys. So there's no need for a temple because the whole thing is a temple, right? So, <laughs> so God's presence is everywhere. This is what that verse is saying, man. Because here goes the, the different time periods. I want to throw this out there. You know, before Jesus, the temple was prophecy, right? In the Christian era. So even in the day's time period, God's people are his temple, right? And then in the millennial kingdom, kingdom the temple is a memorial. This is how you know this is the eternal state and not the millennial kingdom, which some people debate over, because in the eternal state, there is no temple. We The whole thing's a temple. The, the church, the bride, Jesus is God are there. It's a temple. Like, so, yeah, man. It's a beautiful place, man. I hope everybody see the, the beauty in that. So that's all I got for that one, Justin. You ready to go to 23? Yeah, I think. Oh, go ahead. Yeah, I, I just wanted to add, like, uh, last thing, like, it was, like, like always tries to make a, I like how the, the beginning of this was explained of, like, the New Jerusalem, which is something we, like, he's trying to could, but I like that, that now there's a very spiritual aspect, too, is where it starts. 22 is, like, really giving it all on, like, like glorious. And what it is is God. So, yeah, let's uh, yeah let's move on to 23, because we'll get more into that the further we get into it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, so Revelation 21, verse 23. In the city had no need of the sun, neither of the moon, to shine in it, for the glory of God did lighten it, and the Lamb is the light thereof. All right, so... But this one, I want to say one scripture verse that relates to it like crazy. And this is I'm a, this is all I got to say for it, too. So it's Psalms chapter 36, verse 9. I'm reading from the King James Version Bible. It says, 
for with thee is the fountain of life. So what God is the fountain of light? Why? Because in thy light, we shall see light. Mm. <laughs> so for in thy light, we see light. That's the, that's the punchline right there. So it is in God's light that we have light. Without God's light, we're confused, we're lost, we're in the dark, right? You want to know why this world is so awful? Because God's presence isn't dwelling with us like it will be in the New Jerusalem. He isn't there with us, right? So his peace ain't there. So that's why there's pain, suffering, sorrow, death, obviously because of sin, and it's sin too, because he isn't there, right? So because of his light, we have light, right? So he will be there with us, lighting lighting it up the whole place to where all that stuff can't happen, right? So this isn't just talking about physically, man. This is talking about intellectually, spiritually, practically. There'll be no more debates. There'll be no more oppositions. There'll be no more opinions going around, right? Why? Because God is there. He's the light, man. So this is what it means that the glory of God did lighten it. And the lamb is the light therefore too. Right, so man, it's so powerful, man. I love, I love that verse so much. There's so many ways you can go with it too. So, did you have anything else, Justin? Yeah, I kind of like how um, too much. I really, <laughs> it could be just reading too much into it, but like it's also like like uh, they would worship the sun and moon. That was like the biggest things they worshipped. So, mm-hmm. um, to um, demolish like the the worship of there's a possibility just because of how rampant they were back then, but it was also like a worship of the sun and the moon. So to like um and throughout Revelation, a lot of symbology for that only to like sh- shut it down or destroy it. So to say that like those are the biggest celestial bodies. Like we're in close contact to depend on, and we I think we went over this in a previous Bible say too. Like we have to moon for like light and energy and life and like uh, like tidal waves or gravity. Um, so to, to like abolish, like we're giving up on the things that we depend on the most on this earth, so we can. Like, God is where all, all this glory is coming from. Not like, like the sun or the moon or energy, but no, it's from God. He's like perpetual energy for us. Mm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, all right. I'm ready for 24 to 20, 25. Okay, yeah, let's go. Let's do it. All right, then we'll do 26, 27. All right, so Revelation 21, verses 24 to 25. And the nations of them which are saved shall walk in the light of it, and the kings of the earth do bring their glory and honor into it, and the gates of it shall not be shut at all by day, for there shall be not no night there. All right. So the kicker here, I want to go back to no temple, right? It said no temple in the previous verses, and then no need of the sun or of the moon, right? So what, what verse was that? Well, okay, I think that was a previous verse too. But anyways, heaven will be a place of pure worship. That's all you need to know with, with the verses that we've been reading, man. So during worship, we tend to get distracted and we ended up just being 
getting distracted by something else. You guys get what I'm saying? So this, and we get distracted by what? You know, the sins and pleasures of this world, right? And so, but in heaven, that won't be a factor no more. So you know, won't you won't have to worry about being distracted because your only focus is Jesus, man. That's everybody's focus. So we tend to think worship has to do with rituals, traditions, a building, a church. But in heaven, it's a state of mind. It's a state of being, guys. So literally, you'll be in a place of worship everywhere you go, right? Because that's heaven. That's their eternal state. That's what we see with these verses. So our focus will be totally on the person we worship, the almighty God and the lamb. That's it, right? Nobody else gets worship. So we see that the 24 elders, they'll be memorialized. So the 12 uh, tribes of Israel and the 12 apostles who are the foundations, and then they end up being the 24 elders. They're not worship the angel. John tried to worship the angel a few times in the book of Revelation, but the angel kept on saying, hey, we don't do that down here. The only person we worship is the almighty God and the lamb. That's it, right? So, <laughs> so yeah, in heaven, none of our joy, beauty, or knowledge will be based on created things no more. How, many, how, how true is that for us? Is your joy, beauty, and knowledge based on created things, right? And glory is not going to be like that. The only thing our joy, beauty, and knowledge will be based on is, right, on the creator. Mm. That's it. That's heaven. So that's what these verses are symbolizes, man. So, yeah. And I'll, I'll talk about verse 25 real quick. The lamb is the light, man. In the gates of it shall not be shut at all by day, for there's no night there. That means the lamb is the light. God is the light. So what is night? Dark. Darkness symbolized. I want to talk about that, guys. I want you guys to really focus. I, we talked about how God speaks through creation, right? So I know this is just true for me. How come when we come go in pitch darkness, everybody gets terrified? I mean, pitch darkness. Have you ever been in pitch darkness before? And you get scared and you're like, oh, I need a nightlight. I need some kind of light. <laughs> you know, but when we're in light, like we're all good. We're not scared of anything. It's for a reason, right? So like, why does nighttime even exist? Why are some people even scared of pitch dark? And why are we all scared of uh, pitch darkness, like I said earlier? And why do we sleep with a nightlight on, right? So what does darkness symbolize? And what what do you think God is trying to say through darkness? He's trying to say something, right? So light speaks of joy. This is one of the stuff that light symbolizes. Light speaks of joy. In scriptures, light and joy go together, right? So light speaks of beauty, too, because without light, there is no beauty, right? Do you want to be in darkness? Okay, then. So... Without light, there's no beauty. You can't see anything in darkness, right? You can't. You, all you do is stumble on stuff. You fall. You trip. Without Jesus, there is only darkness, guys. You see, there's, there's a lot of scripture verses saying that, right? He he's the lamp unto our feet, a light unto our path. That's Psalms one nineteen one hundred five. Let's keep on going. So, you cannot see beauty without light. Like I said, light speaks of knowledge, and in heaven, we will all know Him as He knows us. So. There'd be so much light there. Why? Because his light is reflecting everything. His light, not reflecting everything, his light is causing everything else to reflect his glory, right? So we can see everything clearly, right? As we are, you know, just a lot of scripture verses. I, I want to preach a little bit, but I'll just stop, man. I'll just stop there. You got anything else, Justin? No, I just like, um, I just like that there. It adds to the two. Like in the darkness, you can also hide and get away with stuff right. like on the shadows or the darkness but no every, everything's gonna be in light like all the time like there's no kind of crazy for me to, to think about like i'm i'm actually kind of excited about that 
because man, I don't like to sleep. It, it takes it's like thirty percent of my lifetime to sleep. It's a waste <laughs> of time. So all the time is exciting for me. But that's beside the point. Like when we're in light, like no to know what's going on. There's like no ulterior motive again, and that that goes back. It's transparent. Like why? make a city made out of glass so you can see everything why make a city so people can see everything so i really like like that part and like the kings come from our earth they're bringing their splendor there. so they're laying this down at god's people with the highest power that we can think of like, like um politicians celebrities all in comparison to god's glory and, and that's what they're saying here is that they're bringing their their splendor into his feet. They're, everything we do is going to feed into God's glory. Because isn't that what we're supposed to do? Is supposed to do, supposed to be for God's glory. And now we're going to a place where it's God's glory all the time. Mm. So I, I like that it's continuing this theme of everything is seen. Like there's, um, we aren't going to thing. We're not going to be in a broken world. So we don't want to get away with stuff anyway, but it's just ready creatures of light now. We're not going to try to be sinful, carnal creatures. We're actually going to be in the light with God. Yeah. All right, cool. Yeah, man. Last thing I want to say, too, I'm going to go back to verse 25. In the gates of it shall not be shut at all that by day. Why? Because there shall be no night there. Oh my gosh, man. So everyone everywhere has access. That's the first thing I want to say. Like if you're if you're blood brought, if you're one of those great irritants that irritated God, but was robed in his righteousness, just like the the pearl symbolized in the gate, you're gonna have access to the city. Why? Because in the gates of it should not be shut at all by day. And it's always daytime, guys, because there's no night there. You guys get that? And let me do a little ancient time period little uh little fun fact all right these gates are never closed and that's totally contradicts what used to happen in ancient time periods so we don't need closed gates in heaven so why you know in ancient time periods the gates were closed at certain times at night and at certain time and at certain times late in the evening but it was typically always closed during the dark for protection you know to secure the city but in heaven, we don't need closed gates. We don't need protection. Why? Because everybody that we need protection from, everything that was dangerous and a threat to God and his glory and everything is gone. They're all thrown in the lake of fire. So this is why the gates shall never be shut. So, yeah, man. So we don't need protection from anything. Why? Because God is with us. We're good. He'll take care of it. Nothing's going to even get close. Why? Because everything's already thrown into the lake of fire. It's done with. Right. And when God says something and when God does something, it settles it. That's it. Right. So, yeah, that's what I want to say with that part, man. All right. You ready to go to 26 and 27? Yeah. I am. All right. Cool. So Revelations 21 and I mean, yeah, Revelations 21, verse 26 and 27. And they shall bring the glory and honor of the nations into it. I wonder what you got to say about that, Justin, by the way. Uh, in verse 27. And there shall in no wise enter into it anything that defileth, neither whatsoever worketh abomination or maketh alive, but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. So like I said, guys, people who shouldn't be dwelling there won't be there. 
like verse 27 says. So anybody that maketh a lie, worketh the abomination. I should really look up what that word means, but basically anybody that does anything contrary to God, anything wicked, anything heinous, anything uh, vile and awful to your neighbor or to, you know, to for yourself, living for yourself, we don't do that up there. You don't get to dwell up there if, you, if you're living like that, man. This is only for the people who want to live righteously and live a holy life and want to serve the Lord and love on the Lord and do what God called them to do. These are the only people that get up there, man. The people who are written in the Lamb's book of life, man. So, yeah, this exhortation warns present readers that own, the only way to participate in the future city is to turn one's loyalty to the Lamb now. So this is the season we'll see in Revelation 22. Surely God is coming quickly. He's coming quickly. He keeps on saying, I'm coming quickly. In the last chapter of the Bible, Revelation 22, Jesus kept on saying, be ready, be prepared, because I'm coming. In the last chapter of the whole entire Bible, Revelation 22. And he's saying that to us because the time is near. He kept on saying that. You don't know the day. You don't know the hour. You could die today. There's two ways you can meet Jesus. You could die today or you can die uh, or he can come in the rapture and just come in the sky and then start casting people into hell or bringing people to heaven. But are you ready for that? You got to be prepared. The righteous are like the 10 virgins, the five virgins out of the 10 virgins story who kept were ready and prepared for Jesus's return, ready for the master's return. They've been preparing for this party. They've been preparing for this new Jerusalem. And only those people will get into the new kingdom, man. I should have ended the video like that, Justin. But <laughs> you have anything for 26 and 27, man? Yeah, I I like how and, and to this as well. So we know nothing impure is going to come into, um, but it does say like the um it, it does say like things of the earth and the glory and honor of the nations will be brought into it. I think that is, um even though the city is powered by God's glory a chance for he's allowing us to play a part in it as well like when he created adam and eve like adam's main duty was to like name the animals he had a job he was helping bring glory to some to god's creation by animals identifying plants by um building on what god has made this more than anything like uh he's a gardener keeper but he's the humans love to create things or build things is an example of a built in god's image of like um creating things so i love that god has to play a part in this new city as well like lots of people will say like we'll have role i don't know to what extent that may mean but the fact that we can bring an honor because like the it already says there at the Bible like heaven are built on like um on the glory are like any actions that we do are supposed to be a light on the hill. It's supposed to be the fact that we can take that with us. Like nothing else is going to go to heaven. Like all our material plus the old earth, the old broken earth is going to disappear. It's going to burn burn in fire but will come back is like the glory like the glory that we've been able to bring god and i don't know what that looks like but the fact that a part of our efforts a part of our 
having, I think is exciting stuff. Yeah. Yeah, so exciting, man. Like, I was, did you have anything for 26 before I close it out? Like, I was really curious about that. No. Like, versus, you say no? No, I think the pretty much what I said about, about glory, honor, and splendor is bringing being brought into it. But I think it's going. Yeah. Because I wonder who they are, right? It says the kings of the earth shall bring the glory and honor into it in other versions. And the King James Version says, and they shall bring the glory and honor of the nations into it. So I wonder, well, is that what you were saying? You wonder if the if our personalities and and uh just our life experiences will be uh in our gifts and abilities too, like just how God uses us, our differences in, in a way. Like we'll be able to like add to the beauty and splendor of the nations. You know, just doing things God's way, you know, through our gifts and talents and abilities. So, yeah, I mean, a lot a lot of commentators are just confused about what that verse means. So, like, <laughs> yeah, I think we, I think we, yeah, I, good. yeah, I don't, I don't know what that looks like, honestly. And that's like, that's something we've talked about before. When we go to heaven, like, we won't have that desire to sin. And I, yeah. I don't know what that will, um, gosh, like, my my very being is kind of tied to a lot of temptations and sin. I'm, um, like even though I have a, a heart of the spirit, I'm, I'm, it's still surrounded by flesh. I'll look like honestly, I right. I, I do think like God is dick allowing these and free will for a reason. I just don't know what that would look like in, in New Jerusalem. Yeah. Yeah, and that's that's a good way to end off the lesson, guys. Like many of God's plans for eternity are hidden from his followers, right? Like there's a lot of questions we got about what's gonna happen, what are we gonna be doing in the eternal state? That's a that's a debate, man. Nobody can say for sure what it is until we get up there, right? Nobody can say for sure what John saw until we get up there. Like, you know, he did his best to describe it to us, but there's gonna be questions that you're gonna have that aren't fully answered about the eternal state, about the new Jerusalem, right? But one thing's for sure, you know, this is a glorious place. You don't want to miss out on it. So the choice is yours if you're going to be there or not, right? God has already, he said the gates are always open. That means that, you know, the call, the the opportunity, the invitation has been given out. You can be a part of this. And it's up to you to say yes, you know. You know, only way you can get in there is if you say yes to his will and yes to his way. If you if you declare him as Lord and Savior of of the world, man, if you declare Jesus as God. That's it's that simple. This is the only way. It's only one street, one way, right? And it, and it's paid with gold. Royalty is what gold symbolizes. It's pointing to Jesus, man. All right, so that's the text, guys. I pray that everybody enjoyed it, man. This is the Book of Revelations twenty one. So thank thank you so much to my boy Einstein. Uh, Justin Lee Howell for helping me out in my studies that I've been doing with the Bible. I don't know where I would be without him, guys. He made my YouTube channel way better. And so, all right, guys. So you make sure to just uh, support us on our social media platforms and everything. So make sure to go to Justin's uh, YouTube page, Chaplain Logs. He also has a Facebook page, um, Justin Lee Howell. Let Let me pull him up so you guys can see his lovely page and his lovely wife. Again, he got married July 18th. I think it was July 18th. Am I right? I keep on butchering it, man. 16th. I want to get it. That's pretty darn 
gloves. That's fine. <laughs> All right, yeah, but this is his YouTube channel. Make sure to uh, befriend him on there. Ask him any questions. If you have any questions that you want us to do on the Bible, we'll do it for you guys. Also, my YouTube channel, Upload Past Crossroads. And again, we've been going and doing a lot of videos on the book of Revelations 21. So if you want us to be blessed with more content on that and learn even more about Revelations 21, check out that playlist on my YouTube channel again, Upload Past Crossroads. And then here goes my other social media pages. All right, guys. So thank you for tuning in. If you watched all the way to the end of this video, you rock. Make sure that everybody else you send this video to watches all the way to the end of this video to help the ag room. So tell YouTube and Facebook and all the rest of these social media platforms to share our content so that more people can be blessed with it. Were you blessed with it? Can you leave a comment and let us know? And also like the video, please like the video. You got to interact with this video so that social media can be kind to us and bless other people who would like this video as well. And so social media can, you know, uh, push even more content like this your way if you like it interact with it all right guys so that all right i'm closing the lesson guys you guys have a blessed rest of your week we'll see you again soon we got revelations 22 to do we got nehemiah all the book of nehemiah to do but especially nehemiah one so we're coming with you with a lot of fire with you know because the word of god's fire and we'll see you later guys peace out